on today's episode of Gathering the Kings. We don't falter with sicknesses, flus, pandemics, births, tempers, whatever flares that day, we still have to fulfill for that client and everything's on the line. So you got to show up every day and give it everything we got. You are listening to Gathering the Kings with Chaz Wolf, featuring fellow seven, eight, and even nine figure business owners who have real battle scars from business and life, but have prevailed as the king that they are designed to be. We welcome high-performing entrepreneurs to the stage in order to reveal the real of the real on what it takes to build a successful business today. We dissect the good and bad decisions they've made along the way that give a true and accurate picture of the journey of success and how you too can get there. Through this dialogue, you will learn the value of growing your network and surrounding yourself with power players and kings like today's guest. Grab your pen and notebook because we're about to dive in. What's up, everybody? I'm Chaz Wolf, Gathering the Kings podcast. Today, I've got Adam White on the King stage. My man, how are you? I'm doing great. I am curious about your story. Obviously, I got a little bit, like I told you off air, but you're in a space, in the tech space, that uh, I haven't had a ton of guests, a few. But I, I like some different things that uh, we might be able to get into here today. So please expound upon the businesses or, or business that you're in now or the ones that you've been a part of. Yeah. So was in the tech space for 10 years previous to this company and now I'm president and CEO of Red Wing Construction, a commercial industrial general contractor based out of Red Wing, Minnesota. And we focus on helping our clients achieve different capacities of building and remodeling Minnesota and Wisconsin primarily are our service areas. Love it. And yeah, that's kind of what we're doing. Yeah, I appreciate that. I guess I probably didn't say my 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 sentence correctly there. The <clears throat> combination of tech and construction together. Normally I find a guy that's been two generations in construction or from one trade to the next, or really good at this. And I, I just think you're going to give a different perspective here today. So I'm excited for that. So you're, I, once you got to talking there a little bit, I could hear the Minnesota language. I've got, I got a really close friend of mine. He's actually part of my a mastermind group, but he's in uh, Medina. How far are you from Medina or Medina? Uh, I say Medina. Edina. There's Medina and there's Edina. Yeah. Medina. I would say roughly an hour. Probably. Okay. Cool. He's a good guy. He owns a equipment business, but the story of how you got into business, I want to get to that here in a second, but before we do, you've had a certain level of success. I want to know what's like making you tick on the inside. Like, why are you still pushing even today after the success that you've had? Yeah, I think the biggest piece, and I, I think any entrepreneur is just that freedom of choice. And I'm not necessarily bound to a corporation or a master, I guess. And we choose who we want to work with. Some of the projects aren't always the most fun, but that's our job. And we, when we sign up for them, we ride them out till completion. And there's a lot of sweat and blood sometimes and tears and laughs and, and the construction industry can be a challenge and we, yeah. uh, we embrace it and it's been fun. Yeah. I, <laughs> A challenge, yes. All the laugh, the blood, sweat, tears, all of that. I think that obviously relates to all businesses, but specifically inside of construction, especially the last couple of years that things have gone up and down and left and right and all around. Do you feel like you had that perspective, that kind of like drive of, I just, I heard you say excellence. That's really what I heard you say. Like, we're going to do this thing. We're going to do it right. We're going to complete everything. Even though it may not be fun sometimes, we're going to do it. We're going to do it right. And that's what drives you. 
have you always been like that or did you learn that did you get that over the course of time was there something there yeah that's a great one learn it as you go there's always that shortcut or that easy way that's looming in front of you and it takes a lot sometimes not to go down that path because you know you don't want to do something twice or three times especially in this business yeah and from the ground up concrete steel glass the whole works it's got to be in sync and done correctly and we don't want callbacks. We don't want things dragging us down. So it is very important to do things. And I'll admit it, I've learned. I learn every day and I've learned hard lessons. But yeah, I, to answer your question, it is, it's learned. And that easy way is sometimes always dangling there, but you got to think about the actuality of those decisions and making sure you're leading and yeah, going in those, the correct paths. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I love that perspective. I want to know how the story kind of began for you, Adam. Like, you obviously already said you transitioned from tech to construction. Was that the first time you considered being an entrepreneur or was the tech entrepreneur as well? Like, kind of give us your journey getting into being a business owner. So, going way back, working in the trades and working for different owners of companies and just seeing how they operate and the risks and the rewards and the freedom too that went along with running your own show and hiring your own people and having the people you want around you that's been a progression since i was probably 14 13 14 years old and i started off in the flat work concrete working for different rental companies learning machinery and then getting more educated going to college getting an opportunity to go start a startup tech company and really crushing that, knocking that out of the park and refining my sales skills. And then just riding that train through some different relationships and opportunities. And then really realizing what I missed was those tangible results, my hands on getting dirty, not being afraid to jump in any situation and help run things. And yeah. my meeting my in-laws probably 18 years ago and really listening to their challenges and their trials and tribulations and kind of riding alongside them. So when I was on my way out of the corporate America, knowing I wanted to run a business and kind of going through the steps of vetting different opportunities, my father-in-law came to me and said, Hey, what do you think about running this show? And I said, from a opportunity perspective, it sounds great. From a risk perspective, very established company. We've been in the market for 40 years, which he started from the ground up and wow. had a pretty good pulse on what was going on. So it was a pretty easy transition and I shouldn't say easy transition. <laughs> I was going to say, I know that's not true. No, there's every day is a challenge. We've worked through a lot of challenges together as a team here. And we've yeah. got a great dynamic work group right now of hungry, smart, talented folks that continue to work together and keep that bar up there. Yeah. It's funny. You just mentioned hungry, humble, smart. I was just talking about where that comes from with ideal team player on a different show here, but I want you to talk for just a little bit about some of those challenges and, or maybe even successes you taking over an existing business is different than building one, but it doesn't mean that it was easy. I took over my first sales team as opposed to building one. I've been, I've built some and I've taken over some. And when you have an infrastructure, yep. there are certain things that you have to do. And then there are certain things that you get to do, but it's just a totally different challenge. And so since I've had a lot of entrepreneurs that have built things from the ground up, I want you to kind of give a perspective here of maybe what that transition was really like. And you're taking over something that is 
related to another person's identity. I can only imagine, first off, it's your father-in-law. That's a, <laughs> kind of a big deal. Yep. But this thing is wrapped up into his identity for 40 years. How does that translate to now? And that's also been a shared shouldering. My brother-in-law, Aaron, is also a big part. So where the responsibilities are delegated is he runs the field. I run kind of the front end, the office side. Yeah. We do cross over me more into the field where gaps need to be filled in a lot sure. of different ways. So yeah, that's a really great question. Coming on board, mother-in-law, father-in-law, we're both on, well, the executive owners yeah. and working through that transition process and having to help guide, but not push or step on toes and be very somewhat delicate and egos. And then also working within some employee relationships and realizing too what was working and what wasn't working and some other very tough decisions that needed to be made. And yeah, this is a family business and we consider everyone family and we all know each other very well. So when people retire or are, I guess, asked to go a different direction or it's, yeah, I've seen some stuff and it's been a great learning process and some of the things that you think are going to be devastating to the business, we've continued to rise and learn and work closer together as a team. And like I said, we're pretty lean and mean right now and executing at, I would say, higher levels than we were five or six years ago. Yeah, of course. And obviously, that, I think that'd be the idea to obviously always improve. What do you think if you had to nail one thing down, like maybe one characteristic or one descriptor of how you've been able to do this very tight family, obviously transition, like you said, you weren't stepping on egos, but you needed to speak your voice. How, and you're currently doing it even now with your brother-in-law, like this is a big deal. There's people who say, don't do this, but you're yeah. doing it successfully. So what, how? It's communication. And Aaron is one of the people I trust the most and we're very upfront and there's three things in my life that I always build relationships off and it is trust, respect, and love. And we're in some pretty intense situations sometimes. And yeah. You got to remember those three principles. Yeah. And your life can literally be on the line when you're 40, 50, 60 feet up and there's winds and ice and snow and we have families in the background and young kids. And yeah, yeah, it's a big deal. There's, and when the day, when the work day is done, you guys still see each other at the barbecue. Yeah. Oh yeah. The reality of family business or even buddies going into business. I've seen a lot of things go South. I've seen a lot of families like yours, like really pull it off. And that seems to be the common thread is expectations, communication, being open, anything you want to yeah. add there. Yeah. The other piece too, is always thinking about that next generation and how we're setting the table for them. And obviously we're yeah. busting our ass and we have a great team that we're always learning and growing together. I have three kids, two girls and a boy. My brother-in-law has two young boys that will grow up in this culture of entrepreneurship and ownership. And, you know, there's a lot of responsibility that goes along with being stewards of the brand and the equity. And yeah. there's opportunities that a lot of people just don't get. And you got to take that very seriously. And then like I said, when we're doing certain aspects of projects, the stakes are extremely high, like life or death. And something goes wrong, it can be not good. Yeah, it makes me think of uh, like military stories that I've heard some of my buddies say, where you're going in and you got to trust that someone's got 
your backside or whatever the dynamic is, but you got to like really know with your life that somebody's got you covered. And it sounds like you guys have that, which is incredible, pretty unique well, from a relationship and, perspective. And that's from all aspects of the business too. When we sign a contract with a client, we're all signing up for that. And we're very open about our commitment to that scope of work and what it's going to take. And we don't falter and with sicknesses, flus, pandemics, births, tempers, whatever flares that day, we still have to fulfill for that client. And everything's on the line. So you got to show up every day and give it everything we got. Yeah. Execute to the end, as you say. Yep. I love that. What would you say you've given us so much already? I think that I could probably pull out a good and a bad decision that you've made already. But when I say good decision, Adam, what comes to your mind of something that was super strategic that you look back and you're like, yep, I would do that again. Yeah. So just coming back to that trust, respect, and love, just aligning the purposes and I guess just understanding that philosophy has been a great decision and trying to back into that with kind of everything in life. And I took some stuff from my past too. And I, we always try to under promise and over deliver. And a lot of times that's a lot of delayed gratification and you come into these scenarios and you're looking like the underdog because we are a smaller entity when you come up against these big hundred million billion dollar general contractors and but at the end of the day when we fulfill for that client and they're like holy cow this is the best you guys do everything great and yeah because we're very selective of who we work with and the projects we take on and we don't want to get out get in over our skis and we want to make sure that when we have this relationship and you call us and we keep that going for years and decades. And that's one thing Redmond construction has always done, but it's taken it again to that next level with new clients and, you know, not spreading out too far. And we know our sweet spot in terms of overall contract volume, not saying there aren't opportunities for growth. It's just, again, aligning those right pieces, making sure that person fits into the culture fully and that's on the job market people. Oh, it's really hard to hire people. Yeah, it really is because not a lot of people fit in certain molds. And when you yeah. find them, it's pretty amazing to build those synergies and keep them going. Yeah. What I'm hearing you say, just to pull us out for the listener, even in the market of general contracting, where you're doing a bunch, you've clearly identified what it is that you're best at so that you can go find synergistic teams, client, like all the pieces that then make you excellent. It all goes back to what you even said at the beginning of some of the purpose of being just excellent and fulfilling and completing. It sounds like you're able to do that on a regular basis because of those decisions of just super clarity. Am I picking up what you're laying down? Yeah. And that cross-pollinates across our whole ecosystem of subcontractors. And we go into a new market and we identify potential folks that we want to work with. And then having to build up those relationships and working through some of the trials and tribulations and we're maybe not used to their processes or they're not used to ours or the way we're doing stuff. And then hopefully that momentum continues to build and those synergies continue to grow. And it's such a big puzzle putting together these projects and making sure everything is succinct. And I was just on a project today and the drywall guy was a little bit delayed, which is going to just be a little bit more challenging because we wanted to get him in before the flooring guy. And it's not the end of the world and the perfect world. This is how things would flow. And it's just rolling with the punches and staying flexible and just continuing to move things forward as best we can. 
Yeah, hundred percent. Especially, gosh, given the last two and a half years in construction, I was building a home during that time. So I was on the client experience of everything you just said of it was supposed to go like this, but now right. we're doing this. Yep. Just yeah. And having go. good clients that are understanding and flexible as well. We can only do so much. And when we get information, we have to relay it good, bad, or indifferent. And yeah, we do our best to make everyone happy, but sometimes just things are what they are. Yep. I understand that. So let's flip the coin. You already said you had a couple of bad ones you could share. Give us the, what should we stay away from, Adam? Not necessarily. I'm not saying stay away from everything or stay away from anything necessarily. I guess the somewhat bad decision I will discuss is not fully partnering in an opportunity and seeing it go to fruition and seeing the client's exit out of that business strategy with a lot of upside. So I guess my wisdom to share there is follow your gut and lean in more when you feel that, you know, those synergies and don't be afraid to get deeper into conversations or partnerships, especially if you see that full vision and you see the success. And we always try to set everyone up for success when we're working together and that particular scenario, the client sharing with us the whole story in the background, which is awesome because some people aren't full disclosure on results and sure. add a little bit more context to that story. It was a very challenging project that had weather delays and subcontractor delays and some very heated conversations. But then at the end of the day, it all worked out, which it, it usually does for good people. Yeah. And if you continue to work hard and put the pieces together. And, but again, you have to learn and you have to be able to change on the fly. And some of those, some of the lessons in this game are expensive and, but at the same time, they don't always land on your shoulders. And this was, this was a seven figure learning experience that at least high six figures could have went into my pocket from an investor perspective. So right. Things stings a little bit, but again, it just, makes like you asked what keeps me hungry is looking for those opportunities and helping people put yeah. things together and then continuing to build. Yeah. Yeah. And so I just to try to dig in here a little bit and dig in the wound a little bit, make you tear up a little bit. Maybe this was a client that you were doing some work for that you had an opportunity to invest in the project. Is that what I'm understanding? Correct. And you didn't. And that was the, no, and, and, I, and, yep. I didn't lean into it enough. And I, yeah gave them the space to do their own thing. And I definitely saw the success yeah. and set them up for success in a lot of different ways. And we could talk for 20 minutes on each kind of point that was executed on that part of it is still netting my in-laws a good chunk of money each month wow. and us some good exposure. But yeah, it, it, everything came together the way I thought it would. I didn't see the exit strategy coming so quickly. But yeah. the way the market was shaking, uh, people that wanted to acquire that business where they had the cash and they wanted the asset and the clients made a good deal. And yeah. I think it was a win-win for everyone. And the winning for me sometimes is the learning. And yeah. I've been on a lot of learning sides of the stick, which is great. Yeah. The especially when it wasn't, I love the perspective of missing out because you learn from it and yeah, it cost you money, but it wasn't hard money. It was figurative money that you don't have now that you would have had then. I relate that to uh, back in 2017, I started investing in Bitcoin 
and Ethereum and all the other cryptocurrencies and we're up and down and they got a couple of buddies and we're just all day long and more so of a fun thing. I had was running other businesses and it was uh, just a little thing I was doing on my phone. But I'll tell you is when something went up and I didn't, and I didn't hit it, it was like, no, I'm missing it or all the potential. And that's a scary game sometimes too, where you, you're not okay with just being out when you're out and in when you're in. So I think both sides of that, that coin can be, can be, we could analyze it, like you said, for a long time. Yeah, I'll just share this and some of it too, building a closer relationship too with some people that you might not know as well. And I, looking back on that too, I somewhat regret that too. We're still in close contact with this particular client. We're actually doing upwards of probably close to $3 million in business right now for them. So it's great. It's continuing to work. It's just, it could have been, it, it always could be better. Yeah. Yep. 100%. The could have been, should have been, it'll eat you alive if you let it, but it, it definitely good to learn from for sure. My question about decision-making, you've given us good and bad. I want to know, is there any sort of a process that you follow or a discipline maybe that you have around making good decisions? Yeah. Again, that trust, respect, and love. If I have a conversation with you and I'm building some trust, I meet a lot of people in my past life too, that like to talk, talk, talkity talk. And then when it gets to the doing and the heavy lifting, that's right. And a lot of times that comes down to who's going to dig in and get after it. And yeah. I've always been one not to shy away from taking that next step and then seeing again, what the friend or acquaintance is all about and, oh yeah, they're here, but not here. And oh yeah, I maybe had a couple of drinks and I wasn't really serious or, but I've made some of the best friendships with kind of people that I'm very like-minded with and maybe don't connect great or not. I shouldn't say connect, but you have a little bit of friction right away. Oh, and sure. that friction is just those similarities. And then once you start realizing that you're more like each other then that continues to blossom and grow and yeah. Then you just start relating to each other and understanding each other. Yeah, the, the trust then builds into the respect. And respect is one of the biggest currencies in my life. Money is one thing. Respect is massive. And then when you have the trust and respect and you deeply care about somebody's success in everything, I mean, that love is just top. And you want I want people that I love around me as much as I can because everything you do impacts them in a positive way, ideally. And it just continues to blossom from there. Yeah, dude, the way that you broke that down, I didn't pick that up earlier when you said that as far as the trust, respect, and love. Obviously, I think all three of those are fantastic and certain guiding pr principles. And But the way that you just described the motion or the flow of how we move from one to the next and the variance of keeping people around us in those categories is so true. And I'm just right. even thinking about my own circumstances, right? Where you've got the people who maybe trust and... Maybe there's not as much respect because they're not doing what they said they were going to do or whatever, whatever the, I'm mean, not going to try to analyze the breakdown. But the other thing that you just said, man, that super hit home for me was that I think we all, especially as entrepreneurs who are like after it, you and me, the listener right now, even though they may not be at the same revenue mark, they want to be, they're doers, their desire, they, their desire is bigger. And here's what I know is that we've all had that conversation around the dinner table or at the game or whatever with friends, family people from school, whatever. And it's, Hey, we should all fill in the blank. And nobody ever does. I was having this conversation just with somebody just the other day. And I just got sick of that. I got sick of sitting around talking about the businesses that we should build or the things that we should do, the places that we should go, the investments that we should make. And I just started 
potential, like specifically putting people around me that, that were like me and that actually wanted to go do it. And that's what I'm hearing you say. Yeah. And making that, those extra efforts and you you check somebody up and it's okay. You want to do that? Let's go do it. And let's see, not only do you want to do it, but do you want to do it well? And then, Hey, do you want to do it a little better the next time? And it's a sickness, I guess, in a way, but <laughs> it's just, it's life for me and how I'm wired. Yeah. The other piece is just staying disciplined and regimented and consistent. I love consistency and I try to stay consistent in a lot of forms of my life and morning rituals, breakfast, office hours, being on time. Your time, again, is your most valuable asset. My kids are 10, seven, and six. Seven's going to be eight here pretty quick. And special years and being around them is another reason I took this opportunity because in the tech sales world, as you can imagine, managing three, four, five states at a time, you're on a lot of different modes of transportation, trying to fulfill clients and partners and revenue goals at all costs. And so being around my kids in these influential times, they, I guess they could maybe say it's double-edged, but I'm having a good time with them. Yeah. Yeah. I see that just even as the way you talk about them, you came to life there uh, different than you have the entire show. And I feel the same way. I think every entrepreneur knows that they need or should spend time with kids, family to do that thing. I'm curious to know, because you're obviously a high driver, what I have found personally, and then a lot of other entrepreneurs as well, is that there's a different level of, um, I won't say fulfillment, but there's a different uh, reaction in my brain from doing another deal or starting another business or scaling a business or building a team, all the things that we're doing on a daily basis, fulfilling the project, whatever. From that to then doing family or being dad, I love that. I have it on my calendar. I'm there. I'm trying to increase that time. But what would you say to the entrepreneur, specifically the guy who's trying to be dad, and it feels different? when he's with his kids, like he loves it. He, he enjoys the time, but like when he's over here doing the business, it's like, Ooh, this is what I'm made for. You know what I mean? Like, how does he get that feeling over here with kids? I think it's kind of sharing your passions and making sure that you're grounded with some of those passions too. And then seeing what your kids gravitate towards. So I like being active and outside in sports. I grew up playing a lot of different sports, hockey, football, baseball, tennis, wrestling. Um, So exposing them to as many things as they can and then seeing what they're good at. And then I was just writing a survey actually for our soccer league. We have a big end of year get together tomorrow night. And they asked me what I enjoyed most of the season. And it was seeing a team that won zero games last year for our eight-year-old at the time coming into this year where I think they're probably 80% win ratio and my nine-year-old now 10-year-old scoring four goals in her final game just going after it and winning the game five to one and she could add six goals so it's just seeing that progression from a bunch of and this is post-pandemic kids finally getting back out there and trying to interact with each other. And then, Hey, let's gear up and try to play at a high level of soccer, which we're playing some bigger town teams, which I was from a bigger town and seeing them struggle, but they kept such an awesome positive attitude through that that then rolled into this year with more talent, more skills, more strategy. And then, yeah, I just, I love seeing that and watching that fire and the friendships and just hanging out with them and them 
seeing me as a resource and a coach at times and yeah, it's priceless stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I, underneath all that, you said that they came back the next year and crushed it. But underneath that, you said that there was some increased skill, some increased strategy, all the same things that, that you're doing on your projects here. Hey, we did that one pretty good. What can we do better? How do we come back next year or next time and uh, bring well, a better strategy? And that's my mindset. And just to maybe more broadly answer your question, it's, it's a different feeling being with your kids and you're not like when I leave here, I'm still the president and CEO of this company. When I go home, they don't care what my title is or what I do fully. They do appreciate me being there and providing for them and just, yeah, trying to be dad and trying to figure that stuff out and trying to have fun with them. And sometimes it's not always fun and there's little glimmers of fun. And yeah, so it's, yeah, it's just those little pieces and being in the moment and not thinking, oh, I got to get back to this call or this guy because some of that inflicts some stress in your mind and then you might be a little short with them or not as present. Yeah, I would just recommend trying to share those passions because, you know, I want to go out and play golf with one of my, or all my kids or tennis or go for a hike or so these things that or even be a part of this business and be a valid contributor, which is huge. Yeah. And having them to embrace those opportunities and I was just super blessed to be around them and having fun with them. Yeah. And the next 10 years will look completely different than the last. I was just talking to one of our major plumbers today and I was looking back on this memory that popped up on my phone and he, that was four years ago. And I was like, yeah, think about how much has changed and a lot of change in both of our lives. And it was just, it was interesting just to take that little step back for a minute. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Yeah, I got to tell you, I learned this, or I got this app from a banker friend of mine, and it's called Parent Q. So you got to write it down. You, it would totally fit your regimented style, but you put in your kid in the app with the birth date, name, things about them, whatever. But when you open it up, it tells you generally from zero to when they turn 18 and move on, move out or whatever, become an adult. You have, I think it's like 939 weeks, whatever the number is, something like that. And so the app counts it down. So every time you open it up, JC, 437 weeks left. And right. Milo, my second is 600, whatever. So, oh my goodness, I can literally see the time disappearing. And it makes it that much more valuable. And okay, let's not just sit around. Let's go try to build on our relationship or just go and do stuff. And sometimes that's playing a board game or that's drawing or... Last Friday, we did fake tattoos, which kind of got out of control for the seven-year-old who had them all <laughs> over her face and neck. And I'm like, all right, no more face tattoos. Come on. Yeah. Not Post Malone here. Yeah. That's awesome. Get it out of your system. Yeah, exactly. It's, I didn't know my dad when I was growing up. We met when I was 24. I thought somebody else was my dad. He didn't even know I existed. And he was definitely that dad, like no tattoos, no piercings. And here I show up college dropout. I got tattoos. I got piercings. I don't have, I don't hold the piercings any longer, but, and, but like scratching his head going, man, successful entrepreneur. Wow. Interesting. Like, yeah, no, and I'm kid, not, you know, yeah. And I'm just saying from a seven-year-old that has to go to childcare on Monday with yes, all these face yes. tattoos and all that. I'm not opposed to any of that expressions, expressions. It's just, we maybe took it a little far, but luckily it'll fade. Yes. I love it. I love that you went there. What freedom and creativity that you can give as a dad. I think that stuff spurs entrepreneurship, honestly, in our kids. For sure. So what? So you got tattoos all over your face for the next week, whatever. Yeah. In fact, they're going to have a lot of people ask you what's going on well, and, and then, how will happen. Yeah. And then the seven-year-old likes the attention and yep. 
at the she was at hockey camp the other day and there's a future a gal coming up that's going to be on the olympic team and i can only imagine what she was thinking but uh you're sitting next to her on a hockey bench you, you better bet she's ready to get her game on She's ready to play. That's right. And you're not going to try right. to check her. I want to transition to the speed round here, Adam. I've got a couple of quick questions for you that I want to end the show with. The first one is this. I want you to dwindle your entire business down into one trackable metric. What is it? Yeah, I, I did some thinking about that. And there's a lot of fluffy things. But that number one metric is net income and net profit. And just what those numbers are boiling down to and when we sit down with our CPA is, and they give their perspectives on it, they don't really feel the pulse mm. truly of what is maybe slipped a little bit or how those numbers are actually created. And which gives me another perspective when I'm evaluating other companies' balance sheets or just looking at right. those numbers and what actually goes into them. I've had a lot of experience in big corporations and seeing the back end and margins and profits and all that and how it's actually boiled down. And yeah, it just it has to be net income and net profit because you got to keep it all rolling and yeah. in the green. Yeah, there's no story that continues if there's no green. What book would you recommend, Adam, that a six-figure business owner read? So I got two, and they're oldies, but goodies. And I try to cycle back on these whenever I can. How to Win Friends and Influence People, I think, is a yeah. ultimate classic. Dale Carnegie, yeah. who did it, a lot, a lot of foundational business work there. And then another one I circle back on because, again, I try to be very influential with my kids and coaching and just also leadership wooden on leadership john wood a lot of great principles and that trust respect and love i boiled down from his pyramid of success and then some of his things it just got me thinking in my life what i focus on and yeah. i still look at his pyramid and i try to take things oh and just leverage that it's just slimming it down and but yeah those i would say would be uh, Two key books. Yeah, those are both phenomenal books. Love when friends and influence people. In fact, I just recommended that to a client again, one of my kind of old time sales clients, and he uh, he reread it and it has rechanged the game. It's like you said, you can come back to it. You're a different person. You pick up new things. Definitely timeless. Next yeah, and it's, that's the challenge is there's always good ones coming out. And then I don't have a <laughs> photographic memory where I can remember every phrase, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, you're good, man. I relate to that because I like new ones. I like new stories. I like new attention grabbers when it comes to books, especially Audible, man, I'll stay busy on Audible. But, but man, those timeless ones are, if you're regimented about it, like you said, and you take notes and you remember where you were at that specific time before. I do this every year right. with Think and Grow Rich. It, you see it differently. It's the same stuff, but you see it differently because you're different. And so I, right. I just use it as a stick, a measuring <laughs> stick every year. All right, next question. Do you intentionally network or mastermind with other entrepreneurs? Yeah, I would say I do. I should probably do it more. I stay active in the community, mostly with my... I guess my current focus is on coaching and helping the kids and getting out there and putting my time into practices and games and just trying to be a positive leader there. LinkedIn is always great for the broad connections from all over the world. It's awesome to see what people are doing and totally. use or leverage those resources and 
I always keep an eye and an ear open and the door is always open too. And I'm always open to having conversations with folks. And like when this opportunity crossed my path, I did some research and I said, yeah, Chaz and what he's doing looks awesome. I'd be more than happy to share what I can and hopefully some folks can leverage that positivity or whatever I have to offer. And that's cool. Keep that personal development going in the right direction. That's right. Adam, I got one last question here for you as we end off here. If you lost it all, my friend, what would you do? That's a good one. Obviously losing it all, being the business, equipment, cash, I'm guessing. Yep. Well, and however you phrase that. Yeah, I lose it all and be laying in the dirt. But right. Yeah, I would I'd get out there and network. And I don't remember what I was reading, but I think yeah. Anyways, I would I'd just see what other opportunities are out there. And I'd talk with friends and relatives and past relationships and see what's on the table and possibly what partnerships could be formed and what I could leverage or lend into the conversations and then just get the nose back to the grindstone and keep going, figure it out, rebuild, create those efficiencies and be as effective as I can. And I've seen success and I know where the bar is and I think everything happens for a reason too. So if that were to happen and ideally I'd get pointed back in the right directions with steps, you know, going in positive directions and got a lot of good people around me and a lot of good energy. Yeah. That's good stuff, man. I appreciate that. How can the listener connect with you? They, they want to connect. They want to get to know you better. Maybe there's a deal that you guys can do together for some sort of partnership. How can they find you? I think LinkedIn's a great first step because it lets us vet each other too and start some initial conversations. And I learn a lot from people that I guess one of the things I is a letdown from LinkedIn too is like how can sometimes people add you and they come off a little too salesy. It's just, you, you really got to understand. I did a training a long time ago with a corporation. It was the fundamentals and the principles. If somebody hears this, they might've done it as well, but it's all about them. So it'd be like me and then right. us, how we could work together. And then is there a fit and then action? So them, us, fit, action. So some of those I think go over a lot of people's head, but it's what validity do we have to have a conversation? Are you just trying to sell me something to benefit yourself? So really digging in and, you know, I had a person in the office yesterday pitching me on some marketing videos and things like that. And I I just said, Hey, do you got a second too? I can help fine tune your pitch. I've been in sales a lot too. And I like what you're doing. And here's just a couple of things to fine tune your presentation because just some of the verbiage, I'm very sensitive to verbiage and body language and posture. And it's just, I guess, something that I'm very, yeah, I guess, sensitive to. So if you're going to reach out to Adam, don't be weird. <laughs> Slide into his you know, know your stuff. Hey, how can I serve do, you? <laughs> yeah. Do your, do your research and just come off correctly. So yeah, I'd yeah. say LinkedIn is just a good first step and it's a good business platform. It's great, man. I appreciate that. We want to just thank you, obviously, for your time. Like you said, it's the most valuable resource we have. Thank you for the insight on being dad. I know that's not in the business script, but I think a lot of people appreciated that. We wish you absolutely nothing but success and blessing in all that you have your hand to, my brother. Appreciate it. Yeah, same back to you. Thanks for listening to Gathering the Kings. We hope you got a ton of value today and learned a thing or two about taking your business to seven figures and beyond. If you desire more and want a community around you to help you get there, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com. That's gatheringthekings.com. And I want you to apply for our next 
Becoming a King 90 Day Intensive. We are extremely exclusive by nature as a group. What that means is that we're really wanting only the entrepreneurs who take their business and targets super serious to apply. So if that's you, you think you got what it takes to level up your business, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com and apply. And we will see you on the other side.